Look like someone wanted to hear the sermon today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't complain. Good morning, church. <clears throat> Speaking of uh, sermons, so uh, unfortunately, I didn't wear a watch today. And I was looking up here and I didn't see the normal preacher clock, I guess. So I'm looking at the back one. And I was trying to make sure it was the correct time. And it's technically, unless my phone is wrong, technically two or three minutes behind. So if you happen to look at your watch during the message, know that I am two or three minutes behind you. You can consider it preaching on delay, so it gives me a little more time to preach, if you will. (laughs) Just an FYI. Some of you all are just getting it, but you know. But anyhow, just as an FYI, we, uh, let's get that taken care of. So <laughs> today I have an excuse. If you complain about me going too long, well, that's what I'm operating off of. Anyhow, uh, it is good to see you all on this morning. Uh, the Lord has been good to us throughout this service so far. Amen? Amen. And may he likewise be good to us as we look to his word. So I'm going to ask you to rise if you physically can. If this is your first Sunday here, or if you were not here last week, we are just beginning, this is actually the second sermon, but we are beginning a series entitled Love in Action. So what we are doing is we are seeing what love looks like Uh, on a practical level in many ways. And so that is the goal of this series. We know the scripture says to love God, to love your neighbor. The question becomes, how do we love God? How do we love our neighbor? And so that's what we will be uh, trying to figure out from the Lord's word uh, throughout these uh, messages. So this morning's message comes from Mark chapter 10. I'll read verses 17, and I will stop at verse 22. I'll pray, and then you can take your seat. Amen? Amen. The word of the Lord reads as follows. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. Pay attention to verse 21. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Father, we come now to your word. And Lord, I pray, we pray, as I Declare this word. May your spirit help me. 
For those who are listening, Father, we also ask that your spirit would help and give ears to hear. This is your time, Lord. This is your word. Be honored in it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Take the seat. The title for this morning's message is When Love is Hard to Hear. When Love is Hard to Hear. I want you to think for a second, and I'm not going to run too quickly past these questions, but I want you to think and imagine for a second. Imagine thinking that everything is going well. Everything seems to be all good. Everything seems to be just right where it needs to be. Only to find out things are not as well as you thought. It could be something major, something big, or it could be something minor. Like, you know, there have been plenty of times I've tried to fix things and I'm following the step one, step two, step three, and I'm feeling good. And all of a sudden I get to step four and something's just not right. And then I realize I made a mistake. It could be something simple. It could be something major. You imagine thinking everything is going well, only to find out that there is a major major roadblock. That's what's happening here. This is a passage of scripture, by the way, that would be quite familiar to a number of folks. And uh, the reality is there's a good bit within it. I didn't actually even read the whole uh, passage. Uh, But there are many angles for which to take. But I want us to do two things this morning. I want us to see ourselves in the shoes or sandals or whatever of Jesus. Uh, after all, we, all call, we are called to be like him. But then after seeing ourselves in the shoes of Jesus, we're going to switch shoes. And we're going to put ourselves in the shoes of the rich young person. So, again, the text itself is for the most part straightforward. There is this young guy who seems to have a lot of wealth. But not only does he have a lot of wealth, at face value, he seems to be a very good person. And not only does he seem to be a good person, he seems to be uh, inquisitive. He seems to be someone who is seeking to learn and maybe even grow. Now, I say that because Jesus often ran across people who were asking questions who did not really want to learn. They had no intention uh, of reforming their lives. Instead, they wanted to trap Jesus. They wanted to get him to say something that would would, would put him in danger, or they wanted to get him to say something that uh, somehow would make them look good or look right. Here, it seems as if this is a genuine question. And he goes up again, as the text says, and just by way of reminder, it's it's pretty straightforward. He wants to know, what is it that he must do 
to inherit eternal life. And of course, Jesus goes and communicates a number of things. He, he begins, you know, why in the world are you calling me good? And, and, and you know that God alone is good. And then he goes on and starts talking about commandments, stuff that many of us, uh, oh, what's happening here? But Jesus is very intentional. But he goes on and he relays these commandments and, uh, you know, don't murder, don't do uh, adultery, steal, uh, honor your father and your mother. And what's interesting is this young rich person says, you know what, I've done all of these things. And Jesus, who knows everything, his divinity, in his divinity, his divine person, he knows uh, what's going on. And, and yes, it's true that when he came, he emptied himself of certain prerogatives, but there are plenty of cases where he exercised his divine nature. And, and, and there's no reason to think that Jesus would not have known whether or not this person did these or not. But Jesus doesn't, he doesn't do what we would naturally do, uh, perhaps, oh, well, you know, keeping the commandments, they, they don't bring you eternal life. Jesus alone brings you eternal life. But what's interesting is Jesus, after the guy says all of these things, verse 21, and this is what will drive my application for today. Jesus, looking at him, he loved him. Now, this is, this is intentional. Just last week, when we referenced the Abraham passage and his sacrificing of his son, God says, offer your only son whom you love. This isn't just something that, oh, let me just put it in and move quickly past. This is very intentional. It says, and Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And said to him something that would be very difficult to hear for his specific situation. He says, you lack one thing. Go and sell all you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And then verse number 22, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now, what I want us to think about on this morning, beginning with the Lord Jesus. Now, in this passage, it doesn't say that this guy did anything or uh, Jesus knew him ahead of time. or It doesn't give any specific reason as to why Jesus just, it just says that he loves him. There just seems to be something in this specific scenario where this had to be referenced. And here's what's interesting. Immediately after it says that Jesus loved him, Jesus goes on to communicate a very difficult and hard truth for this specific person. The first application, if you will, when we are... Those that we love, do we love them enough to tell them the difficult things they need to hear? In this context, 
This person who seemed to be a good person, he seemed to be following the law. At least Jesus doesn't rebuke him as such. But Jesus recognized there was a major issue in this person's life. And this major issue on some level would void everything else. It's the principle if you, if you break one of the commandments, you are guilty as though you broke all of them. Jesus realized that this person had a love. He had, uh, uh, there was something about his connection to his riches that were not very healthy. And as such, Jesus gives him actually a better alternative. He says, give that away and come and follow me. And if you follow through the Gospels, you will see there were other scenarios where people, Jesus would heal them, and immediately they would want to go follow Jesus. And Jesus says, no, 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 go and do this, or go and communicate to such and such. But here is an invitation to come and follow Jesus. And yet this person who is receiving a loving word from the Savior, instead of embracing it, instead of hearing it, it makes him sorrowful. And I'm not going to speculate. There are uh, different interpretations. Some think that he might have gone and done it, or the text doesn't say that he didn't eventually do it, but that's neither here nor there. The reality is he was hit in a very sore spot. And this was a result of Jesus' Loving him. Now again, Jesus often affirms. There's no question about that. And were that the major part of this text, I would focus on that. So don't hear me say to love someone, uh, you, you shouldn't affirm them. Obviously, we should affirm them. We should affirm the work of the Spirit in people's lives. Amen? But here again, the angle for this morning Jesus loves him, and immediately after that is relayed, he shows that love, not by saying, good job, way to go, wonderful, now come follow me because you seem to have it made. Instead, he says, you lack one thing. And again, this is something that is a characteristic of loving our brothers and our sisters. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a way to communicate to people difficult and hard truth. And perhaps it's often that we see the incorrect way. But nonetheless, the principle still stands. Jesus, looking at him, loved him enough to not let him walk away without communicating something that would be difficult for him to hear. Jesus loved him enough to communicate difficult truth. And who are those in our spheres of life? Who are those, perhaps, who are walking around thinking they love Jesus, they know Jesus, but yet they lack something that you must communicate? This is a part, albeit a difficult part, of loving our neighbor. Nonetheless, this is something we must do. 
Now, what's interesting is Jesus also loved him. Jesus didn't, it didn't say he went and did these things and gave up his riches, and then Jesus loved him. Jesus loved him even in the midst of not having it all together. And there's another point which we could, we could think about. Are we loving folks even though they might be lacking in some area? I love you if you do this. I love you when you get here. I love you when you get to this stage in life. No, 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 no. Jesus' love is unconditional. Jesus did not wait for this person to go sell his riches, come follow him, and then love him. Instead, even prior to this, it says that Jesus loved him. And so, again, just by way of clarity, as we are called to love one another, a part of that love will be sometimes communicating difficult truths. Someone who is not out forgiving others. Perhaps they need to hear from you that the scripture calls us to forgive. And of course, context, I, I know you have to take all of that in. But nonetheless, forgiving is a characteristic of believers. Perhaps there's someone out there that's not being kind. And we know that, that, that that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And, and we need to go and communicate that difficult truth for them. But again... Sometimes, or oftentimes perhaps, loving someone also means communicating difficult truths. Amen? Now, and by the way, and that, that sub-point was also loving them while they lack. But I won't go too much more into that. But I really want us to put ourselves in the shoes now of the rich person. I don't believe this passage is is meant to say that everyone who has wealth, you must give it up and uh, go give it to the poor. If that's something the Lord impresses upon your heart, then perhaps that's the case. But I don't take this as a normative for every single wealthy person. But if you do feel that, I know some poor people. And uh, we can talk. But Jesus is dealing with this guy's specific heart issue. But it's one thing to go out and communicate difficult and hard truth. It's another thing to hear difficult and hard truth. If you love me, you will not just butter me up when I deserve, if I deserve to be buttered up. But when I'm going astray, if you love me, you will let me know that. In this passage again, Jesus loved him enough to go and communicate to him that he was lacking one thing. And praise be to God that Jesus does not let us go without communicating to us what our condition is. How many of us, you know, we can go through this list, well, um, I haven't murdered. I haven't, I'm not hating anybody, at least right now. 
Uh, I'm not committing adultery. I, I haven't stolen. Uh, I'm not bearing false witness. I'm not defrauding anyone. I honor my mother and my father. Well, it still stands to reason, what one thing do you lack? And I would venture to say that all of us, myself included, if we looked long enough, if we thought deep enough, there is something that we lack. And may God send those folks to us that love us enough to not only communicate the things that we lack, but walk with us in the things that we lack. This, this fella in this passage, again, and this, this is intriguing. This is one of those scenarios where I want to know the rest of the story. I, I, it, there's a real part of me that's like, that's hoping that uh, at some point he would go and, 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 and do this, even if it happened after Jesus went to be with the Father. But nonetheless, he goes to Christ. And I don't get the impression personally that he is just wanting Jesus to sign off on his goodness. That's my, my interpretation. You, you, can, you can choose differently on that. But I think he is sincere in wanting to know if there was anything that he could be doing better. But Jesus loves him enough to tell him this difficult truth. And his response is in many ways disappointing. It's one thing to ask for a love that communicates to us these difficult truths we need to hear. But it's a whole nother ball game as it relates to our responses. Put it like this. We, 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 we pray. We pray for patience. We pray for patience. I need patience. I need better patience. Lord, give me patience. Holy Spirit, please help me with patience. And it, it's almost as if the Lord sends someone to get on your nerves. And we would rather have the patience without having the test to see if we're patient. Lord, I struggle with anger. Lord, I'm frustrated. Lord, this person just, ooh, if I see them, if they even look at me the wrong way. And, and you want the Lord to help you with anger. And then it's as if the Lord sends someone to test that anger out. And it's, oh, I don't want the test but I want the fruit. Well, the principle is, if we are sincere, if we were to go to, this, to, to Christ as this rich young man did, and not necessarily brag on what we're doing, but if we were to say, Lord, what is it that I lack? And by the way, not as it relates to eternal life. I'll, I'll finish with that. But, but we want to be more like you, Jesus. We want to be more and more like you. What is it that I need to hear? What is that difficult thing that, I, that might make me uncomfortable, but it will be good for my soul? And when it comes, how will we respond? 
Again, there are ample examples. Some, you know, I used the example of exercise not too long ago, but it's just, you know, you go and, and, and I want to be healthier, get my blood pressure down, or whatever it may be. And then the doctor says, well, you got to give up. Doctors, help me out here in case I get off track. But, but it, it, you got to stop eating this. Or you got to stop doing more of, or you got to start doing more of that. And, and sometimes we don't like to hear that. But when it comes to growing in our faith, when it comes to becoming more and more like Christ, oftentimes we are put, we have to be put in situations that make us uncomfortable that are difficult for us. This is another way or another angle of saying, uh, you know, to enter into the kingdom, we must go through many trials and tribulations. So it's one thing to be in Jesus' shoes and to communicate our love to someone, a family member, a friend, a co-worker, or whoever it may be, and communicate difficult truth. But it's another thing to be on the receiving end of that difficult truth. But my prayer for you and my prayer for me is that for one, the Lord would help us to love the way that he loves. And that doesn't just simply mean communicating truth, but again, he invited this person to come and follow him. So it's one thing to go and tell someone, you need to work on patience. Well, are you willing to walk with that person? Are you willing to enter into that person's difficult spaces? But again, on the receiving end, we have to be in a place where we are asking the Lord to not only love us, but to send those who would love us enough to help us see the things that we lack. This is a part of love that perhaps is not very popular. You know, it's not, uh, you know, we're in a, in a place in time where, you know, love is, is relative in many ways. And it's not necessarily Christ or his word that defines love, but it is the recipient who is to define love. And, and you know, practically speaking, you know, if we're talking love languages, you know, I, I go out and, you know, I'll do something for my wife and, and, and I'm, you know, you're not you're not appreciative as I think you would have been. Well, maybe because I'm loving her the way I think she needs to be loved instead of recognizing, you know, so practically speaking, I get that. But ultimate love, true love, is dictated by the Lord's word. And we are to go out and we are to serve we are to consider others better than ourselves. We are to be kind and patient and forgiving in all of these things. But again, let's also remember that a part of loving one another is to communicate the things that they lack. Not the things you think they lack, but the things the Lord says they lack. And if you are one, as we all are, if we are folks who lacks something, when the Lord chooses to reveal it and through whom he chooses to reveal it, how will you respond? 
Will you go away disheartened and sorrowful and potentially not abide? Or will you take the word and with the help of the Spirit, go and do what the Lord would call you to do? I want to end because I want to make sure there's no confusion. Following the law in and of ourselves will not. That is not the way into salvation. What I mean by that, the law is perfect. The law is just. The law is good. However, we are not capable of keeping the law to the fullest of, it, of what it demands. And that is why Jesus had to come. There's a real sense in this passage where Jesus is pointing, he's taking, you know, we, we often get stuck and, and see it's the law and then we see this command to go sell. But Jesus is taking this gentleman from the law unto himself. And brothers and sisters, when it comes to eternal life, if your faith, if your trust is in him and in him alone, if you have come to embrace him as your Savior, your Lord, know that eternal life is yours. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to, to go and, and impress Jesus or impress anyone else. You don't have to do all of these X, Y, and Zs in order to get it. Jesus has provided it for you and me. He calls us to trust in his work to believe him, and to follow him. And to follow him is to walk in the ways that he has placed before us. And so again, I, I, I know the main thing is, is loving others enough to, to tell them truth and then at the same time uh, receiving the love of others, communicating truth. But I wanted to make sure that you don't leave here wondering or thinking, well, we have to be the best law keepers in order to inherit eternal life. No, 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 no. Jesus is eternal life. Jesus alone is eternal life. And let us embrace him. And as we embrace him, he will show us, for one, how to love. And he will also show us the things that we lack as it relates to our becoming more and more like him. May he do these things for us. Father, we bless your most holy name. And Father, as we look to this word on this morning and we think about various angles of love, we pray, Father, that you would help us to love our brothers, our sisters, our co-workers, uh, our family members, whoever it may be. There are many folks out there, Lord, who may think they, everything is okay. There are many folks, Lord, that surround us who might think that they are safe in your arms, but yet it seems as if their walk says otherwise. Help us to love enough to not just affirm when folks need to be affirmed, but help us to love enough to communicate the difficult truths even of your word. Forgive us for when we've not done that. Forgive us if we've done it in ways that are 
unhealthy and harmful. And at the same time, Father, show us what it is that we lack. But many of us read our word. Many of us go to church. Many of us pray. But what is it that we lack, Father? Love us enough to show us. Send us those who would love us enough to help us in the things that we lack so that we may become more and more like our Savior. We thank you for the eternal life that he has secured in his work upon the cross. And so, Father, we rest in him, not in our keeping the law, not in our wealth or not in our poverty or not in any other external thing, but we look to your Son for our salvation and for eternal life. And as we do, Lord, help us to follow the ways of your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen.